This is Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Tri Born and Travis Mawerter, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. We are back here for episode three in our Born on the Beach studios here in Redondo Beach. What's happening, Tri? Nada. Just, uh, you know, stoked to have some two special people in my house right now. Always special. I mean, when you have three blockers, two redheads, and I'm like kind of half redhead. I've joined the game lately. I'm getting getting redder. And only blockers. Exactly. Only blockers allowed again. We had Ryan Darty last week. We had Try you the first week, and now we have Miss Kelly Clay's. What's happening? Nothing much. Happy to be here. Thanks, guys. And how is the off season going? The first true off season for Kelly Clay's. Yeah, it's it's very different because I've never really had a break before, but um, it's been really good. Been playing a lot of video games, watching some cartoons, just enjoying my days. Oh, I've been going to Disneyland too. I have an annual oh, pass now. Your life really happy amazing. about that. How, <laughs> how often do you go to Disney? Because I went once, too and often. I feel like there's like not that much to do. I've been to Disney World. I could spend all day at Disney World because there's so many different that places. That hurts you saying that to me. Oh my gosh. There's always something to do at Disneyland. I mean, yeah, how is there not? There's too much to do. There's yeah, there's too much to do. Like there's just I don't know. The roller coasters were kind of disappointing the first time I the went. Teacups. Oh, <laughs> teacups. Come on, man. Come on, you gotta hit Indiana Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion. So, yeah, I hit those, and then I did the Star Wars. But then That's after good. that, I don't mm-hmm. know. And there was Space Mountain, which was sweet. Good. But then after that, I was like, I don't know. There's I don't know what a few else there great ones see. over at California Adventure to hit up to, and then I just love walking around. It just it makes it me does happy. have good scenery. Mm-hmm. It's not the best place for me because I don't like walking, and I've been trying to eat super healthy. <laughs> so I'd yeah. probably starve myself and just be miserable walking. No, you got pack snacks and you'll be good to go. I just need the wheelchair, get the wheel, the handicap, and then you get pass. to cut lines. Exactly, and then I'm just bringing my. A green juice and like a in a camel back maybe. Oh my gosh. I just gotta set it up right. And you're that yeah. guy that I everyone hates, but you're having the time of your life. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, I can That's care That's all less. that matters, right? No, I can care less. Um, <laughs> so aside from Disney, which is an awesome cap to your year here, um, an awesome season for you. I mean, you had that 103 match winning streak, which is a record that I would think is probably going to stand for quite a while. Then you won That's the Collegiate ridiculous. Beach Championships, which are different than the National Championships, which you also won. Yep. And then you graduated from USC, and then you jumped straight into your pro career, jumping with a what a fifth in Rio, right? Uh huh. Yeah. the The day after we won that Paris tournament, um, we flew to Rio, and I'm pretty sure we slept the first two or three days. We were so tired. Um, so yeah, it's just been kind of a grind all season because we we had a pretty intense season at SC. We had 44, 48 matches in two months. It was crazy. Um, And on top of those matches, we had um, unscheduled pairs tournaments that we, Sarah and I would play another three to four matches. You guys were Um, pro, you were playing pro style before you even (laughs) stepped out into the pro scene. Yeah. So, you know, we just jumped in and it's been, it's been working out so far. Yeah. Was there like any signs of, of burnout? At all. I mean, that's so much volleyball in such a short amount of time. I feel gassed here and there, but never burnout. Um, still have that same passion that I've always had for the game. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a little different kind of playing with a big team versus just playing with you and your partner. But I always go out on the court and try to play for Sarah, and I know she's playing for me, and I think that kind of keeps us going. Yeah, it definitely gives you a little extra energy. Exactly. And you don't have to always play for yourself and mm-hmm. trying to pull your partner along exactly. rather than play for them and then know that they're mm-hmm. playing for you. Yeah. I and can I'm, agree. I'm curious, too, about the, just the overall different dynamic and mindset. I mean, does it, does it change at all between playing? So, I mean, you, you were constantly switching. I mean, you were playing on three tours at once for, what, two years, right? I mean, you were playing some FIVB, uh-huh. some AVP, mm-hmm. and then a whole lot of college. Like, does it... Yeah. Does your preparation or mindset differ at all between hopping between the three tours? Um, my preparation for sure changes because warming up at SC, you have, gosh, how many girls do we have? Like 16 girls, and we're all warming up together. We all have our routine, um, and that routine is very different when it's just me and Sarah. But we've got that down. We, we've had that down since um, our second international trip, um, which was back in... I was just, I was still in high school, I think, or my first year of college. Um, we went to Portugal and then we went to Cyprus. Um, 
And by then, that was our second year playing together, and we just we had our system down. We high five different times. We just we make it work, and we have fun with it. Yeah. Now, I mean, you guys have been. I mean, you've been stars for so long at, at each level. When, when you came out onto the AVP tour and, and try, you can probably relate to this yeah. in that both of you guys were put in the spotlight at such a young age and you thrived in it too. I mean, you had an, an awesome rookie year winning in Chicago, which congratulations, by Thank the you. way. Thank you so much. And I mean, try, you did the same. So, I mean, when you come out, was there, did you feel any pressure or was it kind of just volleyball as always? It was honestly volleyball as always. Um, it was... It was really cool going through each match. As as we won each one, we're like, oh, we're right there. Like, mm-hmm. this is the last one. Like, let's take it. This one's ours. So that was really cool. And I think it added excitement, but not but not more pressure, I think. Because we've, we've had a target on our back for a really long time, I feel like. Um, or lots of people have said that to us. Um, <laughs> right. It's all, Supposedly, you had the target. Yeah. yeah. But it was we, on your back. You couldn't we just, see it. I know. I, I can't see my back. No, I don't know what's on there. <laughs> so um, we just, we honestly just don't try to think about that stuff. Like that winning streak, we just, we never thought about it. We didn't know it until our media guy came up and said, like, you guys are like 75 matches in a row. Like, did you know that? We're like, hey, just to put this in your no. head. Stupid media so, people always And then you have people like me things. adding it on. <laughs> hey, good. we're counting, by the way. It's all good. <laughs> One more and you got the record. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, I mean, we just try to go out every time we play and get a little bit better, play yeah. for each other, have fun. And, it, you know, it works for us. Yeah, I think uh, it seems to me like looking back for you guys, I mean, for me too, it's all like... Uh, it's like a sum of everything you've done. All your experiences come into, like, for you guys, Chicago, you guys played, like, I mean, you guys had been there before, right? Uh, in a pressure situation mm-hmm. like that. You haven't, you literally haven't been in an AVP championship. Had you guys made a final before that? Um, in San Francisco. San Francisco. Oh, right, right. Cable. San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So you guys had been there once before, but yeah. you're playing, like, like you've been there a million times because of the experience that you've had. And you guys so, just yeah. have such a unique road uh, through the college system. You're like yeah. probably one of the first teams to actually dominate through that whole system. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, I look back on when I'm playing in, let's say, World Champs was one of my biggest tournaments. I look back on and fall back on me being playing national championships in college, indoors, mm-hmm. that pressure situation. So I fall back on that and I'm like, Okay, like, I haven't been in this situation before, but I've been... In a like, similar one. In a similar one, and mm-hmm. this is just the next step. This is the next one. Yeah. And then I played in no, Puerto Rico, and where so you have, much. like, a whole town on your back. You know, we have all these, like, small situations that we've been in that now we get to these bigger situations that we've never been in before, but you feel very comfortable and familiar. And yeah. Obviously, Chicago was like that for you guys. Yeah. What yeah, do you think's think is, like, a, a situation where... Or like what kind of taps into your brain when you're thinking, okay, I'm in Chicago. What Maybe is there like a certain event that you look back on like, I've played in this, so this, I'm ready for this situation. I don't think I have like a specific one. Um, I feel like different, different plays may come back to me, but mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think more about the journey that I've had with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I'm if I'm stressed or if I'm not doing well in a match and I'm just like digging myself a hole in the corner and struggling through it, um, what gets me through is looking over and seeing that little blonde girl just being like, yeah, I got your back. Right. And I'm like, you're right. And I, she knows that anytime she's in the same situation, I've got hers. Yeah. That's huge. And and not many players get to play with the same partner for that long in this sport. And mm-hmm. I mean, you guys were seven years, you guys are rookies and you coming in with a six, seven year mm-hmm. relationship of playing at the highest level. Um, as far as where you've been in the sport, yeah. that's pretty unique and pretty, uh, valuable. I'd say, I think it's really special yeah. and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. And I think that's almost, that's so rare today. Cause you look at you know, how many players are constantly shifting partners. I and mean, we saw April this year. I mean, she won with two different partners. Mm-hmm. And then aside from that, I think only Emily Day and Brittany Hochever were the only partnership to win multiple championships this year on the I AVP. So. Mm-hmm. so, I mean, just in terms of partnerships, how valuable is it to know exactly what your defender's doing and, <laughs> for, and vice versa? Because I know that you guys have, like you said, six or seven years <laughs> of chemistry, and it's hard to really put that on – you know, statistics or numbers, but how valuable is that to you guys as a team? 
I think it's extremely valuable. Um, I'd say the fourth year in, the third year in, right around there, um, something kind of switched, for me at least, um, when I can remember the play, but I cannot remember where we were, but I was blocking and I had pulled off and I felt where Sarah was on the court and I had never had any experience like that before and it was just really cool to know okay, I know exactly where you are. And I kind of felt her shift over and I shifted with her and we kind of shifted back and we had that flow together. And I don't, I don't think you get that or reach that unless you've been with that person yeah. for so long. I mean, it's a relationship and, you know, we've been through ups and downs and sticking it out together. Totally. Yeah. I, I totally know that, that kind of feeling where, mm-hmm. and it, it'll, it'll amaze you with how much that can change your game. Just those small little split second where you, don't have to think yeah, you're like, like i'm going to i can commit to this like i can i can tell when she's maybe going to pass and serve receive like a little tighter so i i can release a little sooner or i can tell when maybe it's a little more off balance and i wait like that half right. beat and i don't i don't trust. really think about you it it just them. happens yeah you're trusting yeah. that your partner is going to be there for me that the play that comes up into mind is when i get a touch on the block which mm-hmm. hopefully they don't change that rule <laughs> when I get a touch yeah. and Hayden's behind me, right, and I and I got to know whether he's gonna come barely in, and I can mm-hmm. put up a tempo set because I know where the block is. I yeah. can put up a lower tempo set, so he'll beat the block. But I don't know where. I can't look back and see where yeah. he's coming from. So just to know, okay, I'm here. He should have been at this point in his move, mm-hmm. and he's gonna be expecting a tempo set right yeah. now. And to, me, to trust it rather than I don't know if he's gonna be there. I'm gonna lift it. Yeah, giving the defense time to get there. Uh-huh. Like we've gotten to that point where I can like it makes such a difference. And those are huge points, huge plays. Mm-hmm. One or two in a match will turn your whole season around. Exactly. Yeah, at the highest level, one or two matches is huge. Oh yeah. And now you played at the end of the year. You played in Norseka with Lauren Fendrick, and uh, you guys made it to the tri- the trip defense. to Jamaica that never yeah. happened. I know. Yeah. Oh so. Jamaica. <laughs> I know. It would have been so cool. Yeah. It was. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, trying defense for the first time, you know, out of my comfort zone. And Sarah and I talked and we kind of wanted to try, you know, yeah. it's off season. Go try something out of your comfort zone. So I went and did it. She split block. Um, oh, Sarah was blocking? Yeah. yeah. Sarah was blocking for April. Oh, April, that's right. That's they, right. Were, they were splitting, <laughs> yeah. Um, I should have come down to that You should have. It was. Where was I? It was a lot of fun. Um, I've been off Manhattan Pier. I was I probably think. in yeah, like so. uh, Bali or... Haiti or somewhere a, cool, just somewhere. doing doing the tough stuff. <laughs> I was I was underwater somewhere. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was a really cool experience. Kind of sucks that you know the tournament got canceled, but Lauren's an awesome competitor, and it was really cool to have that experience with her. Yeah. I'm I'm curious if you could kind of compare and contrast. You played the Norseka with Lauren, and you were were you full time defense or splitting? Full-time. A full-time defense, and you guys made it. And then you went to China and played with April, I mean, who is, objectively speaking, one of the best players in the world. Mm -hmm. So I guess just compare and contrast, because when, like, on paper, you and April are, like, you know, a top-five team in the world, right? Mm -hmm. But you guys struggled a little bit, whereas you and Sarah might not have. I guess just how much different was it playing with two different partners, even though Lauren and April are both world-class players? Um, I think it's always really valuable playing with other partners because you kind of learn little nuances that maybe I mean you you can only learn so much from that one person and kind of reaching into another hat is always going to be helpful so um I feel like I learned different things from both of them and they were really cool experiences but um I mean I wouldn't again I wouldn't trade that for anything but um it was just it was a really cool really cool experience yeah, and and was it was it funny playing against Sarah in the Norseka? We didn't get to play against. Oh, each you other. didn't play. Okay. They they lost to. Um, oh, who did we play? Was it Jace? Yeah, Jace. I forget who Jace was playing was with though. Jace playing with. <laughs> <laughs> That's so many partner changes. Go yeah, it's, I can't. It's yeah. impossible to keep up. Yeah. Who was playing with who? No, I, we we were gonna match up because we had won our first, um, and if they they were in the third, and I was like. Like, come on, finish it up. Like, right. I want to. I thought it would be the coolest matchup ever, and um, didn't end up getting it. But um, we went on and won the whole thing. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> playing defense. <laughs> and now you you're sort of in your off season, but I know that you're still training. So I guess how long did you and Sarah kind of take off before you started working together again? Um, 
A month or so. It was more than a month. Was it hard for you guys? Your relationship? <laughs> I know. I missed her so much. It was so weird not seeing her every single day. You guys were um, FaceTiming and uh, <laughs> saying goodnight to each other. Miss you. Lots of texting. Lots of texting. Miss not sharing a hotel room with you for the first time in five years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's different. Um, but I mean, the season will start up soon and we'll be okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> and so what, what is the training schedule like? Right now, and I guess when do you start picking up? Because we have the the indoor tournament in the Hague coming up in January. In January yeah, um, we started on the sand last week, um, and we've been this whole off season. We've been you know lifting, conditioning, and now we're finally back on the sand, which is great. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing for the Hague, and then once the AVP schedule comes out, we're actually gonna plan our whole summer, which I'm really stoked about because I've never actually sat down and planned out, you know, the tournaments I want to go to. I've always been, you know, high school, college, you, you go, go. yeah, you go where the coach tells you to go, you play and try to win. Um, but now we actually get to plan this out, um, have like a calculated plan. And I'm really, really excited about that. Is there kind of general goals? Uh, I mean, obviously you just said you're not, you're not planning it out yet, but, Mm -hmm. um, when the schedule does come out, how, like, what, how are you going to look at it? Like, you, what are your goals in terms of do you want to climb the FIVB ranks as a priority or, or more take care of business on American soil? Or, or have you not figured that out yet? Um, we haven't really sat down and figured that out. I just know for me, for kind of goals that I've been making for myself in this offseason, I, I don't know if this is realistic, but hey, you know, Well, everyone's dream got big. their different priorities. Um, I, I want to be the best blocker in the world. Um, oh, yeah. So... That's kind of my goal and kind of just go from there. I think, I think once the schedule comes out and we sit down, we're going to make some team goals and figure out really what we want to do, um, make realistic goals, you know, finishes and everything, yeah. and kind of go from there. Who do you think is the best blocker in the world? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. Well, for the, on the women's side? <laughs> no, not Phil. <laughs> like, who, so I guess, who, who are we you, talking about? On the who would you side. be trying to jump, I guess, on that blocking ranking? I mean, Lauren's a great blocker. Sarah Pavin's a great blocker. I mean, there's lots... I think there's lots of great blockers out there, but everybody's kind of got their own little style. So, I mean, I watch... I, I enjoy watching film, but I don't think I want to, like, really emulate this one player. I kind of want to find my own way. Right. I would, um, I would definitely stay stick with that mindset. <laughs> yeah. And now we're going to get into the FIVB schedule and what you're going to plan. But first, we'll stop for a quick word from our sponsors, Marriott Vacation Club Rentals. You're listening to Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media, media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. Marriott Vacation Club Rentals offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. All right, so we'll jump into a little bit of beach volleyball news. Not a, a ton of news aside from the, the FIVB schedule just dropped. Um, we have 11 four-stars, three five-stars, five two-stars, and allegedly 17 one-stars. We'll see how many actually make the cut because one-star events are sort of like Norsecas in that uh, you know you might just not get to go to Jamaica. Um, oh, Jamaica. So try, I guess, what are your initial thoughts on the uh, FIVB schedule? Well, it made me kind of happy uh, when I think that there's a chance that maybe I'll miss the world tour this season, which obviously I'm not planning on, but there's a chance I miss it. And uh, it doesn't look that fun, <laughs> to be honest. Not a bad one to miss. Yeah. I mean, there's five four stars, right? Uh, I'm sorry, four five stars, which are the majors. Three, uh, well, I don't know. I, oh, I had three five stars and 11 four stars. Okay, so... 
So like 14 events. There's worth one playing. that's to be confirmed, I believe. Croatia is to be determined, but that's the major series. So Fort Lauderdale is a major, um, which is the events sponsored by Red Bull and Hannes Jäger, Hoffer, however you say that. And uh, so he's supposed to put on Croatia in addition to Stad, Vienna, and Fort Lauderdale. Okay. At least that's on the schedule I'm looking at right now. Okay, so it's supposed to be four. Right. Okay. Um, and those are pretty good money, but like the last quad, the Grand Slams had, we had like eight Grand Slams, and they all had more money than these five stars. And now there's only four of these five stars, and there's, you know, all the prize money is supposed to be up, but that's because they added like, how many events are they putting on? This is, it's a record by far. Right, and, and the money went up a little bit, but, but it's, we'll see how for, many the, stick. for right. the top players, the money actually went down. It just, they just got a lot of money and just spread it super thin throughout the world, which is, seems to be what FIVB's goal is, is to sp- spread the sport worldwide. But for those people at the top trying to make a really good living and make it a full-time job and commit to the World Tour, it's kind of concerning. And then, Kelly, what do you think, too? So now that you're actually going about planning your schedule and she for didn't the first plan time. the last quad, so she's going to have a whole different perspective than me. I, had, I was spoiled in the beginning. I know this is so now this seems normal to me. Travel all over. <laughs> it's not the best money. I mean, it sounds about right She's to me. She's me four years ago. <laughs> like, sounds great. Yeah, Let's for go. four Just years I've been go. playing my heart out, not getting paid. So I mean, yeah, that's this, true. this is great. <laughs> they were over in uh, where did I see you guys? Cloggenfurt. <laughs> they, I think you guys got a fifth, right? Oh so we both got fifths in that event, and uh, they didn't get to accept their check, which was about probably. 8500 bucks at so the time. Upsetting. We and went, we're sitting there all at dinner like, oh, so you're not even going to get paid for this? That's a year's worth of tuition <laughs> yeah. in one tournament. It's crazy, yeah. So when we were playing FIVBs during school, we would um, just go on like little shopping sprees everywhere we went because that's all we reim- could do. They have yeah, to reimburse, they reimburse you, right? Yeah. Um, so we would Smart. get, you know, gear... Um, clothes, you know, whatever we could think of, you know, first nice class, dinners, plane, first exactly, class, upgrades. Yeah. But the problem was we had to put the money up front. Uh, yeah. And then we get reimbursed, but like a month later. So yeah. we couldn't go too crazy because then you couldn't <laughs> buy your flight for the next trip. Uh, so you need, you need it was, a good credit line for that one. Yeah. It was an interesting summer. I mean, we had a great time. Well, how nice was it in Rio when you finally got to to cash one of those checks? Yeah, that first check. And a pretty good one, too. I mean, we just I just put it in my savings account. I just <laughs> didn't do much with it. Um, but it was it car. was really nice to see um, the money coming in. Yeah, just a just, material benefit to being a professional athlete. Yeah, it made it kind of real, you know. So that was that was really cool. Well, summer summer Ross left early. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she ended up at. Pepperdine for her second semester freshman Summer year. Wasn't and then having she, it. And then like, no, she, I'm gonna go ahead and cash that check yeah, right there. She, she <laughs> got out of college. There. Did it? Did <laughs> that at all occur to you and Sarah? Because you guys were having so much success as amateurs on the AVP tour. I mean, you guys were in the finals in San Fran and had to turn down a, a finals check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it. I mean, it crossed my mind a few times, but we both won our degree, so it. It was never a realistic thought that really went through my head. Again, you always think of it when you do well in a tournament. It's like, oh, I could take this and not go to school anymore, but then you're not going to get that degree. And, and let's be honest, a, a degree from SC is going to last a long time. A long time. Volleyball money, we're not exactly signing uh, these NFL five-year, $50 million, 30 guaranteed kind of thing. Are you saying that $500 be dollar check from that one star isn't going to last you? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I thought uh, I thought this money would last a lot longer, but can't spread it out too thin. Yeah. That's why we're making millions on the podcast. Well, yeah, that's why we're millions. <laughs> that's why you started this up, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so with with the Olympics, the qualification process doesn't start for another year-ish. I think it'll probably start, what, next October, next November, around this time next year. And they haven't year. even set the... Um, the exact system up yet, right? Whether they're going to do a yeah, USA is still trying to figure, figure it out, that. right? Mm-hmm. So they're proposing to do what we did last quad, which is both teams uh, have to qualify through the um, world tour system. Top sixteen in the world qualify for the Olympics. Third team gets cut out. Me and John, we don't get to go. Um, 
but <laughs> anyway. still stings. Yeah, that's not a that's not a sensitive <laughs> subject for me at all. Oh my god, that would sting me for no, sure. No, but um, and then uh, they were proposing that they do one one team gets to go through the FIVB system, so the top U.S. team uh, ranked on the world tour automatically qualifies, and then then they have a tournament for uh, the qualification for that second spot. So an Olympic trial. An Olympic trial. That's how they did it in 96 oh, really? for the first one because so it was, it was originally supposed to be the top two international teams, and then we got a third because we were the host country. But the Americans threw a fit. So they basically, no one played international except for Sinjin and his guy Carl Henkel. And then, uh-huh. so they basically just were boycotting the Olympics and saying, we're going to have our trial. Mm-hmm. So they had the trial in Baltimore and the AVP, if you want to go back there, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So that would boy. be sweet if, uh, if we had an Olympic trial. Well, I guess, what would you prefer? The points process or a trial? Well, right now with my timeline, let's go trials. <laughs> uh, <no>. Four years <laughs> ago or no. a few years ago. Um, well, I think... If it's what's best for the sport, if it's really going to be this huge Olympic trial event and, and create a lot of buzz within the U.S. for our sport, then I'm, I could be on board with it. But when we're talking about sending our best two teams that are best prepared to play against that competition in the Olympics and win us a medal, that's what I think. We you have do. to go earn it. Like That's the hardest thing to do. Go earn it and prove it in your ranking against the best teams in the world. Don't go win one tournament and get to go to this event because... Sadly, our sport has one event every four years that is our Super Bowl, which we're all trying to change. We're going to try to figure that one out, I think. But, uh, yeah, if you want the best teams representing your country, you do it the way we've been doing it, which is go get your butt on the world tour and prove it that you're the top team. I totally agree. It's, it's a grueling process, and I think if you want to win big, you got to go through that process. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if you have one tournament where you're off or one – something happens you sprain your ankle in this one tournament but you've been number one in the world or something you know why is the u.s not sending that team if let's say this last quad phil can't went down during that olympic um you know like he he had like a little ab thing at one point and he pulled out of manhattan just just to be safe for the olympics uh, but if that had happened during the Olympic trial and he loses, now we don't send him? Like, that's ridiculous. It's yeah. funny It's funny you mention that because that exact same thing happened in 96. So in the semifinals for a spot, Randy Stoklos, it was in, in warm-ups, hit a jump serve, landed on a ball and sprained his ankle. And they lost, their ne- they lost their next two matches and he didn't make it. And nobody ever knows about it. Yep. Unless Travis, who digs deep and knows everything. Unless you just have a writer guy. <laughs> You're welcome, Stoklos. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I think that... I think that the AVP would probably favor a qualifier because that would mean that they wouldn't, you know, say you have an FIVB four-star that coincides with an AVP event. Well, if there's going to be a trial and Phil and Nick are so far ahead in international points, well, they, that team might, our second American team might stay home. So the AVP might be able to get some more high-level teams sticking home instead of abandoning for some of the four and five-stars. Yeah, I think that's a huge goal of ours too, especially as the FIVB spreads themselves really thin. Like, I would love to come home, play all these really big events for on home soil, for and build our ba- our fan base here, give them something really good to watch, and then we go overseas to go compete against the rest of the world in select big, big prize money, big point events. You know, rather than us playing this point game where oh, I'm going to go over to this two-star that I don't want to play in. The money's not worth it, and the points will maybe have me jump up in the system a little bit so my seating's different. And like I hate playing that game, and I'm pretty over it at this point, <laughs> to be honest. Like Traveling across the world takes quite a toll on your body, and then you're playing a four-day event on top of that and then flying back and then trying to proceed with whatever it was your goal was in the first place. So it's it's a lot of work, and I think... I, ideally, I'd like to like have the majority of my work here on American soil, and we can build a sport for the U.S. alone, rather than kind of just jumping around the world and playing wherever they tell us to play. Yeah, then more people would know the top athletes. I mm-hmm. feel like not a lot of people know, you know, everyone other than Carrie or yeah. Phil. You know, it's it would get more exposure to all of these athletes who are amazing at this game and. Yeah. would just create even more opportunities for everyone. Yeah, exactly. 
That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we'll just, we'll basically, just set that I just, up. Basically, I just want more attention. No. <laughs> and now, Kelly, you have, you've had, you had a lot of success on the international tour in your first year. Was there, I don't know, did you have kind of, were you ever awestruck playing some of these players? Like, I mean, you had played Misty and Carrie, and you'd played, or not Misty and Carrie, you played April and Carrie, and you played them very well. But then in, in Long Beach, you played uh, the German gold medal team, and you beat them. Where does that stand oh in your career highlights? Laura Ludwig, if you're listening to this, you're amazing. <laughs> I idolize you. She's a baller. Um, she's so much fun to watch, so much fun to play against. I love, I love playing against the best, and she is unreal out there on the court. So it's just it's honestly an honor to be out there competing against her. And, you know, every, everybody's got an off day. And, you know, we, we came out on top that day, and we played it against them again, I think, in a few months, and they beat us. So, you know, being able to go back and forth with them is is pretty, I it think, outstanding. It wasn't an off day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. You're going to be the best blocker in the world next year. You got you to gotta take credit for those wins. Sounds good. And now you, you – so in one year, you finished number one in the college ranks – number i believe you and sarah were number six in the avp though most of that was due because you guys kind of had to skip a few to play international and then you finished 16 in the world did you did you set a goal for where you wanted to finish in the world or was 16 kind of like it's pretty good the latter honestly we didn't really we just kind of went out we didn't have a coach we didn't have anything so it was that was really weird for us going from sc total support staff, everything's taken care of for us to go from that to the world tour where we book our flights, our hotels, we take care of food. We didn't have the coach at the time, so we had to figure out how we were going to warm each other up. You know, every little detail we had to take care of, you know, ride to the airport, all of that. Um, so yeah, people that don't was, know about that, yeah. about that part of being a volleyball player. You're, a, you're also a travel agent and yeah. a uh, whatever I mean. <laughs> Whatever you need, like, you got to be it because <laughs> nobody's going to come and do it for you. A, uh-huh. a physical therapist, yep. all of the above. Yeah. So how was that transition? And then you landed on Jose Loyola as your coach. Yes. So Jose. I guess take, take us through that process. How'd you, how Did you like kind of try and feel out a few different coaches? Or how did you land on, on Jose and, and how is that going? Um, it's going great. Um, we, Sarah and I talked a lot about you know, who we wanted to bring on. Um, and we, we've worked with Jose in the past, and both of us really love his energy, love his style of coaching. Um, you know, when someone just explains something to you and it just makes sense right off the bat, that was, that was Jose. And he's, uh, his career was amazing. And if I could take a little bit of that, you know, just, just learning that, from him. That vertical leap. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Give me his vertical leap. Oh, my God. Um, you know, I will be very happy and it's he's an amazing person to be around he's a lot of fun love traveling with him love you jose yeah i've been on on the world tour with jose when he was coaching emily and um brit right was it no i i can't keep track of the teams everybody's anyway jose was on that's the why world. we like you and sarah you're very <laughs> yeah, easy to, to keep track together of. you're welcome that's that's <laughs> why we've stayed together this whole time so we could us, you know right. everybody can just oh sarah and kelly you know we, no we, confusion here. we appreciate you too and we appreciate gina and angela who have oh, been together for mm-hmm. like 10 years oh damn yeah really <laughs> um but yeah jose is the man just like going on the world tour with him, eating dinner with him all the time. And like his, that guy's stories from back in the day when he's playing back in the heyday and he was basically the best player in the world, right? Like Definitely six, one of the best servers. 6'6 six, six with like a 40-something inch vert. He's amazing. Before there was a Phil Dahlhauser out there, just like the party stories and all that got pretty crazy <laughs> oh, as well. Oh, the party stories. <laughs> but no, he's a great guy and, and I think he has a... He's the kind of coach where some players, like we were talking about it earlier with Kelly, it's like some players just would not hear what he's saying and be able to translate it onto the court. But like Kelly said, like she gets it, gets his language. You know, he speaks. He's like one of those guys that was a legend, and he can't like teach it to you like all the standard coaches out there might be able to. He's like, I need to explain it to you how I felt it, and players like Kelly can relate to that. Other players, I feel like, haven't been able to relate to it quite as well. Um, so it's cool to see him kind of land with a team like you guys. I actually, I mean, I was picking his brain a bunch and had a lot of, 
late night dinners with him, a bunch of wine when we're uh, <laughs> killing time over in China. But uh, I love that guy. He's a legend. And I feel like it's just nice to have that sort of, not routine, but someone there to help you along. Because it, with you and Sarah, like you've been playing volleyball for so long, but it's always nice to have that sort of impartial view letting you know like, hey, you could probably gator a little bit better, even though you're probably the best gator on tour. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, really. how, how does his, uh, his coaching style differ from Anna's? I feel like that's oh probably God. quite a jump. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wish we could bit. put that facial expression on audio. Does Anna walk over in timeouts and water your feet and water your wrists? <laughs> no, no one has ever loved us the way Jose has. <laughs> he gives you um, pampers you, gives you a little pedicure kind of like. His kids came up to us after a match and were like, um, he just like kind of like looking a little sad and we're, <laughs> they were saying how, um, gosh, Jose loves you like more than he loves us. Cause he would never like water our feet. <laughs> You're like, now I'm, I'm sad sorry. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're all family. It's all good. Um, I, I really like kind of like try was saying, I like Jose's coaching style. Cause I, it makes sense to me the way he explains things. Um, sometimes he might take a little while to get there, but Again, like Tri said, he he explains it the way that he he was he's done it. He's felt it, um, and he tries. Even though you can't like instill perspective onto a person, he tries to do that. And sometimes it it clicks right off the bat. Sometimes I kind of have to weave through his story because I mean, English isn't his first language, yeah. but he's still <laughs> a baller at it. Um, so I just I've really enjoyed having him so far, and I'm really excited to have him for all of next year. Is he going to travel with you guys too? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that'll be fun I to love, travel with I him too. I love traveling with Jose. He's <laughs> great. Yeah. He always, he always takes care of us. I, I feel like when we travel, he, he thinks of us like his kids, his little girls. And if anyone, anybody's talking to us that there's like a bad vibe or anybody looking at us, like he will shut it down. Oh yeah. He's which the, is, he's it's the great. guy you want around for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. In a sticky situation. <laughs> Super protective about us, which I love. And he just, he wants to see us succeed. He believes in us, which I think is a big piece. And he loves beach volleyball. And he loves beach volleyball. Yeah. Without even like, he's very humble too. Like you wouldn't think he's like I know, he's, a legend of our sport, but he never talks about he never talks about himself or anything from what, like that. From what I've seen. I've when had limited experience with yeah. him. But yeah, when we're on the court, maybe going through something, he'll bring up past things, but it's not like he's going out of his way to do it. He's, yeah, he's, he's super He's trying to explain humble. to you, like, exactly. this is what I felt. Like, I've been in mm -hmm. this situation, so to yeah, let you exactly. relate to him. Uh -huh. But, I mean, when you have, like, a legend down on one knee in front of you guys pouring water bottles on your feet and timeouts, <laughs> like, and I'm watching from the top, I'm like, that, that guy's freaking awesome. It's a pretty special feeling. Yeah. And... Yeah, he, he just makes us feel special and important, and I don't know. He's just, he's a great guy. Good vibes. Really, really, are, are you, really good vibes. <laughs> are you working on anything in particular? I guess that you would be willing to share. You know, we don't want to divulge any secrets of the Sarah Hughes-Kelly Clays partnership, but are you guys working on any skills? Is there anything that you're looking to improve before next year begins? Blocking. I want to be the best blocker. Don't know if it's going to happen this next year or the next year, but I'm going to work my butt out, off at it, and um, I, I want to be the best at it. And I think, I think it's possible, and I just I think Jose's the person to help me get there. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a big thing for me, and then, yeah, that's all I can divulge at nice. this time. Okay. And we'll be watching. And now, I, I always like to kind of take a, a tangible or, or practical away from it. So I guess is there, because a lot of our listeners are up-and-comers as players themselves. So I guess what's a drill that you would be willing to share for blockers and how you're looking to improve or just how someone could improve as a blocker? Travis is going to use this, by the way. This is like half the reason I like interviewing players. <laughs> like, okay, what drills can I pick from you? you Nobody wrote that I, question. This is I use my hands when I, when I explain things and... The viewers can't see my hands. Um, I'll explain a video. what your hands are doing while you talk okay, about. Okay, perfect. So <laughs> hands um, are out to the side. Jose, right sorry now. if you didn't want to share now this she's drill. Them up. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jose, sorry if you didn't want to share this drill, but I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna share it with everyone. Um, so a thing that I've really been working on is kind of my hand positioning on the ball, and I've I feel like I've always kind of struggled with that. So um, Jose kind of runs me through this drill where he's on one side of the net, I'm at the other, and he's holding up two different balls. And I'll do, gosh, he has so many different like little routines that I do. I'll do like a step, 
I'll step to the right, step to the left, um, jump, and one hand's on one ball, one hand's on the other, and then we've been working on one hand's on the opposite ball, and the other one's pressing over into the angle. It just, there's so many different little things, which is another reason why I love Jose. He's always coming up with new drills um, that are catered to us. So when I tell him, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with A, B, and C, he, right off the bat, makes up a drill for us to do that is specifically for that, which is another reason why I love him. But um, that's a big thing that I've been working on with my blocking is getting my hand on the ball and really pressing. And he's has a few drills that we do. So what I hear with that, I mean, obviously I'm a blocker too. So And I, I do the exact same thing. I had Hayden or my coach, uh, mm-hmm. 2016, Evie Matthews, hold up two balls up mm-hmm. on the box and move it around because a lot of blockers get in the habit of, of blocking with blocking one spot right like we have two hands yeah you want to show people where you are and then put your hands in different places right because they're not going to hit to where they know you are so you want to use your hands separately and and how many times do we all like go up to block a ball and then we end up like cutting i like i'll get cuts on my thumb from my other hand i do it all the time (laughs) so that's that's how i know i'm like wow i'm doing this completely wrong like i don't need both hands in the exact same spot Mm -hmm. everyone Taking, like, it makes me so feel many, so much better so many to have two scars. world-class blockers do the same thing. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, we have scars all over our thumbs. Yeah, cause just because all the time I'll be, I'll start to close, and instead of just blocking straight up, yeah. I put my hands together and stab myself. Yeah, I'll have like a bunch all of All of a sudden I'm bleeding on the court. Yeah, you're passing balls, and now every ball in the cart it's is like, bloody. Oh, like, oh, no. sorry, partner. <laughs> sorry about that. And it all comes down to my shitty blocking technique. Like... <laughs> At I'm least right, I know that I'm, right I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> no, but that two ball drill, that, uh-huh. it makes you work with two yeah. hands and you're always, okay, I'm sealing, I'm, pl- I'm blocking mm-hmm. line, right? So we really want to emphasize that sealing that line mm-hmm. hand usually. Yeah. But what is your other hand doing? Like it's just as valuable, you know? If you bring it over to the other hand, you're kind of just wasting it. Yeah. But if like I've gotten, I can say I've gotten really good with um, dragging, like getting a lot of blocks with my opposing hand because I know that I'm sh- what I'm showing and what I'm taking. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm taking line. I'm, I'm sealing that. That's my priority. Now that it's sealed, I'm free. I have the green light with my right hand yeah. or whatever, my other hand, to really do whatever I want. Yeah. And I know what the hitter wants. I know where my defender is. And that's what's kind of been a huge difference is getting really free with that offhand. I think guys do that really well. I feel like girls are on the women's side. They'll go up together and kind of press into the angle, kind of dive in yeah. as a unit. And I feel like guys, I mean, I don't know if it's because you jump a little higher. <laughs> Not a lot. Um, <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, but I, I just see guys, just like you were saying, I feel like, like we're a little hands. more aggressive. Uh, I see a no, lot of aggressive. hands wide, right. blocking over, just trying to take up more space. But I also see sometimes you get hit in the face when you do that. Totally. Which, I mean, most of the time the ball goes up. So if it works, it works. Oh, we aim for each other's <laughs> noses. It, when Me too. I'm the, I'm the kind of guy who gets right, like, when I get hit in the face, it's, it's like right in my forehead. It's perfect. But, like, if I get start getting, like, an inch higher, I'm going to start getting the nose and the glasses. That's when you got to turn your head and then lean over just a little. So when it hits you in the head, it goes straight <laughs> down on their side. Well, Ryan um, got some blocks with his face. I mean, he does it every he year. He gets but hit all the time. Yeah, he actually blocks with his head back. If you look at pictures sometimes, he'll go like this and put his head back. And we just drill him in the face sometimes. It's pretty classic. <sighs> Phil, too. Phil's, like, first time I play with Hayden... I don't know if Hayden wants... Ah, they already know. Um, <laughs> Hayden, like, uh, I think it was Cincinnati 2013 or something. And it was, like, first time I played Phil. He's like, all right, first ball, just drill him in the face. Just trust me. I don't care if you get blocked. Just drill him in the face. And that'll set you up for the match. And then you can start moving around and doing all that. I was like, okay. Did that just work out? straight at him. Yeah, it worked. Um, and then, and then you get the thin beast coming in and bringing his hands in like, okay, I don't want to get hit in the face. So I'm going to cover that. Now he's opening up some low angles for you, but if not, then you can just take the whole court. I'm going to use that for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's not no secret. I mean, everyone in the world's gone after Phil's face at some point, usually just cause they're like, well, I'm going to get blocked anyway. I might as well, might as well, might just as well take hit him, him in the me. nose. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is the benefit of being a 6'4 blocker who can't jump high. I never get hit in the face. Yeah, exactly. It's, no, it's I great. get hit right in the hat line, and, and I like can like play it up after that. And that's what happens to me. Perfect. Yeah. That's, that's why I don't get that high. I could totally get higher. 
<laughs> All right, we're going to pause and get another word from our sponsors before we return to our interview with Kelly Clays. You're listening to Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels, to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. This show is also sponsored by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces in great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. All right, and now it is time for our listeners' favorite segment, the fan questions. Kelly, are you ready? I'm ready. You ready? Try, are you ready? Ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our first fan question is from Steve Nakamoto. Uh, what do you think about the new three-hit rule on blocks on the FIVB tour, and how will that affect the women's game versus the men's game? Um, I don't like it. Not a fan. Um, Almost everyone I've talked to doesn't like it as well. Um, I just think it's taking away from our sport. You don't need... I feel like they're trying to add these different nuances to the sport that they don't need to. They're just trying to change things. Like, oh, this will make something better, but I don't know what it is. I'm just going to change it. It's like, uh, that wasn't really a factor, uh, for good or bad. You're just changing things now. Yeah. For, I, think, I think for uh, skilled blockers like us, I will say... Uh, it takes away, it makes it easier for like a blocker that maybe can't set on two and have that kind of instinctual exactly. uh, rhythm play with their partner mm-hmm. that you, that is really hard to, to master um, off of the, the three touches, like normal three touch. Um, but it takes that away from us. Like we've worked on that. We've gotten really good at it. And that's kind of one of those skills that separates us, I feel like. And now you're taking it away yeah, and you have that, away, yeah. you're having that big blocker that can just pass it straight up and go lumber back and get a big approach and just do what they do. Yeah. And I think too, that it it almost, it's sort of paradoxical to what they did with the, so they shortened the court to make rallies last longer, but then they add this rule, which will make them shorter. Cause I mean, if you get that extra touch, then you can get back in system, which will probably put the ball away at an elite level. So I don't know. It it kind of backtracks from the purpose of shortening the court in general. I just don't know what the purpose of the rule changes. I think that's what everyone is sort of wondering. (laughs) But that's kind of standard. Like every year there's something at these meetings where we're just like, what? What's that going to do? Okay, sure, do whatever you want. (laughs) Confuse us more. (laughs) Now, So you've played in a tournament with that rule, right, in China? Yeah. How much did it come into play? Um, Only twice, I think. And we should have, how the play went out, we should have just gotten a free ball over, but instead they got a swing out of it. Because um, I think April made a good swing. They barely touched it, got it up almost on the ground, and it should have just been sent over, but they got to set it and swing at it and semi-forgot the rules. So I was going to say, did, you, to did you remember yeah, to stay up? Like, or? Uh, <laughs> not on that one. No not on that one. And now you said that there was a vote afterwards, right? And you said so it was pretty at much the, shot down. At the, um, it's not the players' meeting. At the technical meeting, um, the FIVB gave out a survey um, kind of asking, do you like this rule? Why or why not? Um, and I obviously said no. And most of the people I spoke to said no as well. So I'm hoping they take that into consideration. But we'll see. Okay. So FIVB, if you are listening, we vote no. Three votes no for the, yeah, three the, votes, no. Come on, no. the touch rule. <laughs> Whatever uh, that counts for. This one is from Tams. Um, are you going to play with Sarah until 2020? Yes. Okay. One word answer there. Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> keeping it easy for us. It's the only team that will just be like, yes. And then now easy. a follow-up to that is what's different now that you've graduated from USC Aside from, you know, being able to cash your checks. Trojans. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. Um, kind of what I talked about before, the support staff. That's, I think, one of the biggest changes. And Sarah and I have been slowly creating our support staff. Um, 
but that was all given to us at SC. It was all set up. It was all ready to go. So us, there's pros and cons, I think. We're having to create it, which is challenging, but we get to create it in any way we want, which is, I think, a big plus. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just transferring from indoor to, to beach for me, it was like going from that hole where you're a part of a team and a system mm-hmm. rather than now you're on the beach. It's like, what do I want? I have a clean slate to create anything I want. I think that would intimidate some people, but you got to look at it like, wow, this, now it's all about me mm-hmm. and my partner. Obviously, there's two of you. So now it's about two of you. You just need that great chemistry with that person. Hopefully, you find a coach if that's what you want to mix in. But yeah, like you had a whole team to worry about yep. and a coach that's going to, you have to do it the with way that she wants coaches, to and you yeah. have the entire athletic program mm-hmm. and that's SC, which is like a top athletic program in the country. You're around campus with all these basically professional athletes that aren't getting paid for yeah. or getting paid. Yeah. Everyone's pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, try your your first like foray into professional beach volleyball was on the New Zealand tour with Will, right? Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, that was part of it. Pro beach. Yeah, I guess that was kind of the first time I went like and played like a few events. Me and Riley McKibben ditched college once almost missed our flight flew out to Fort Lauderdale and lost in the quality like without playing beach for like years uh but that was like my first event and then yeah after Puerto Rico I think uh Will just hit me up like hey there's these three events in New Zealand let's let's go how much different yeah I mean how much different like you said you you and Will just kind of like picked a couple events and then you and Riley were just like hey let's try it how Mm -hmm. much different was was it when you got Evie for your coach and had that support staff that Kelly was talking about? Uh, it was it was awesome, but Evie didn't come on board until like two or three years after me and John had already been together. Okay. So it was more like, once John picked me up, I was like, all right, I'm just going to adopt everything this guy does and then create my own. Actually, I just, I was, that was it. That was the end of it. I'm just, I'm going to do whatever the hell John says, learn everything I possibly can from him because I didn't know how long <laughs> we were going to play together. Well. Yeah, I, know, I didn't right? know how long. <laughs> And luckily, he brought me into his trainer, who I bonded with really well. And he's probably still my trainer. <laughs> we'll see when we get back. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hit him up. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I did it. It was, it was more like me adopting Hayden's system, a guy that had already done this for a very long time and has his system dialed in. And then only the last year or so where I was kind of like, I need to do things my way, not just Hayden's way. Like, it was great for the beginning, but like I need to figure out who I am in this sport and all that so I'm, I get where you're coming from Kelly all right now we have a question from Alex Jones after playing on the world tour is there a part of your game you wished you practiced more in high school um probably blocking I guess but that's I feel like I'm not that strong of a blocker right now um but again working on it um yeah, I'd say that's that's a big piece. I feel like I worked on all of my skills in high school and um, college. I I set in high school, so I got to, I set and hit, um, so I got to do a little of everything, which I love, and I think that's really helped my transition to beach. Um, so yeah, probably blocking because it's it's different when there's one person blocking versus with indoor. You know, you have two, sometimes three up. So it's that setup and everything about that is it's different. Right. I think that's what separates the top players uh, in our sport is like that blocker who was a setter or something in high school or where they just have a really good skill set other than the basic blocking, pass, hit. Like everyone can kind of do that. Right. But but like for me, I was I I was saying earlier I I played middle blocker in high school. I was forced to because there's I'm a tall guy in Hawaii. <laughs> Everyone's short out there. So it's like, try, you have to go play middle. I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. Um, but I got that, that skill set down using my hands, the timing on blocking and different tempos and blocking quicks and high balls and all that. And uh, like you said, you've set in high school. Mm-hmm. Setting is like the skill, for me at least, like that separates the top players. Once you get to our level, yeah. The ones that are great setters who can set in transition mm-hmm. consistently put that the right setup for their partner, and that's what's separating you. And then, yeah, like you're saying, defense. Those small things on defense. The offense always has 
the advantage. So if you can steal one or two extra points here and there just by these small nuances on defense, hand placement and the stuff you're working on, yeah. that's, that's what separates us. And then, so, so I will say that, Kelly, you did set the record for volume of fan questions. We had no less than 20 come in. She Ooh. beat um, my record. Um, so, <laughs> it stood for two weeks. Gotcha. So we did have to cut a fair amount out. So we'll stop on uh, this one from JB Southpaw. Uh, how much film work do you do on the FIVB? And I guess we'll, we'll throw AVP in there, too. I love film. I watch it so much. Um, and thankfully, with technology today... Could watch pretty much anyone who has played anywhere. Um, YouTube, right? It's up, yeah. Just yeah. go on YouTube, look up their name. There you go. You've got some film. Um, sometimes there's not really recent stuff, and that's what I really try to look for is the most recent film that I can find. Um, and I try to snag two or three matches, depending on who I'm playing, and go through and watch. I, I love it. I love that. I love looking at stats. I think it's really helpful for me. It makes sense to me. Do you use film more to look at your opponents or do you look at it to kind of evaluate your own game? I've used it in the past more to scout my opponents, kind of pick up on their tendencies, that sort of thing. Um, But Jose has been filming our practices and we're really going to start working on looking at ourselves, um, which I haven't done a lot in the past. I've done a little. um, And I think that's going to really help with our game. How much do you, do you use film when you play track? Uh, we didn't, that's one of those things where I'm like, I keep thinking to myself over the last few years, I'm like, I feel like I could utilize it more. I've never been a film watcher. Like I get bored. I'll be like staring at the wall. And I think I watch <laughs> things differently too. Like they'll be like, Oh, remember that play where you did this, this? I'm like, what? Like, no, I don't remember. I don't really <laughs> know what was going on. I just kind of do it. Um, so it's good for me to go back and watch sometimes, but with me and John didn't watch that much. We'd, we'd literally like for me, it's sit down and play a few points and be like, okay, I kind of, I feel this guy's style. You kind of just like, it's more of like just feeling it rather than me. Like, cause you don't know who you're playing till the night before sometimes or like the day before. So yeah. I'm not going to sit down and like study and like try to memorize all this stuff and stress my out, myself out. I kind of just watch them. You see their style you can visually see what their arm swings like, where, you know, you just get a feel for all that kind of stuff. So when you see it in live motion, it's not the first time you've seen it and you can react accordingly. But I'm an instinctual player. I try to, like I've said before, I see everything, hear it, all the preparation, and then boom, it's out the window. Whatever stuck sticks. If not, then, then it's gone. <laughs> That's it how Sarah matter. likes it. And I think it's... I mean, every player is different, and whatever works for you works for you, which is another thing I love about this sport, that it's athlete-driven, and you set up your own style, and you do what you want to do, and whatever works for you works. Yeah, I think for me, the the thing that film has helped with the most is that, so I'm I'm like one of the most stubborn people you ever meet, so my partner will be like, dude, you're giving up seam, you're giving up seam, and then I'll go watch on the video, and I'll be like, huh. He did bounce seam 45 times in a row that match. Maybe I was doing that. So it just helps me kind of connect what they're saying. Right. And then I can see it. And then, you know, I'm just like, all right, just drop your seam ham. Yeah. And you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Now, Kelly, I had one more question for you in, in that I think volleyball relationships or partnerships are kind of tricky because, you know, you're, you spend so much time with them. And it's part business, part personal relationship. It's a marriage. So, yeah. So, like, I, I guess, how much would you weigh? Like, how important is it to be good friends with your partner, too, and to, like, enjoy traveling the world with them? Because we've seen partnerships where it has been sort of businessy, and they, they haven't been, like, super tight off the court, which it seems like you and Sarah are, like, you know, your besties. Yeah, we're, we're really close. Um, I think... For me, it's really important. I don't think that's you know the end all be all for every partnership ever. I think, I I think there's been a lot of teams who have been very successful that were they weren't friends. They were just kind of business partners. But for me and Sarah, I think that the fact that we're so close on and off the court, you know, we can feel each other on the court, which is great. You know, we're just we'll go shopping and like eat food and go on adventures when we travel together. Um, all of that, I think you can see on the court when we play together because we just have fun being there together. So I think that kind of sets us apart. We've been told by a lot of people that they 
enjoy watching us play, and I think that's a reason why, because they see the joy. I have more fun, like, playing a super intense match with Sarah, and, I mean, obviously coming out on top is is great, but um, just going all out for her is way more fun than just, like, winning and, you know with someone who I'm just not connected with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But playing for her, going all out, going for every ball, every point, just that trust with that person, I think has made the difference for us. All right. Well, Kelly, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything that you want us to ask you that we haven't yet? Anything else you want to mention? Um... uh, should have asked me more about video games. I could talk for oh, days yeah. about that. We'll get you back on uh, talking video games. I'm going to bring an Xbox in next time you come Ooh, in. Ooh, okay. But I'll bring my have... PS4, my Switch. Oh, yeah. My We should have Wii all the gamers. My... You know, Phil uh, Phil and Nick and them are pretty big gamers. Yeah, yeah. We should play Destiny sometime. We should get them all over. He lives down the street. Let's do it. Y'all are talking to language. Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> my video game is limited to like Madden 97. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's the best. I'll, I'll educate you. I got you. I'll bring some stuff over. <laughs> and now where can uh, our listeners find you on social media? Where can they reach out to you? Um, I'm on Facebook, which it's just my Better name. Be. It's nothing like special there. But um, my Instagram uh, name, I think it's Kelly Clays 3 and that's my number, and that's the number that this episode is. So that's third super destiny cool. Destiny episode, and yeah. the first female ever. And the first female. So yeah. congratulations. Oh, I'm also on uh, Twitter. It's the same thing, Kelly Clays3. All right. So, so Kelly Clays3, three. Three, hit her I'm up. About, I'm about to throw up an Instagram story at Kelly Clays3 right now. All right. So you can check out Tri's Instagram, Kelly's Instagram. We'll be all over social media. Kelly, thanks again for joining us, and we will catch you all next week on Sandcast.